0: Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, thank you oh so much for the many, many blessings you've poured upon us this day, and now the awesome opportunity to get back in your word. We truly thank you for that. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, Amen. Continuing our Bible study of A to Z and the Word Knowledge, we'll turn to Second Peter in chapter one. And here we see how Peter is expressing the importance of knowledge and coming to know the Lord and the things of the Lord. In 2 Peter chapter 1, Simon Peter is servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. So we see he's addressing this to believers, to the Christians, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, tying in with that source, the source of true knowledge, the source comes directly from the Lord, to the believers by grace. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. This coming from the Lord. He gives us the recorded word. He gives us the indwelling spirit of the Holy Ghost. And he gives us the ability to understand the truth when we hear it. And the desire to seek it. By grace. As it continues. In verse 6. And to knowledge, temperance. Temperance and patience. Those are the things that are part of the fruits of the Holy Ghost. As it reads again. And to knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. All these things are fruits of the Spirit. All these things are gifts. All these things are evidence of our relationship with the Lord. He's going to give us these things. When we seek Him, when we desire to know the truth, properly apply the truth, He gives us even more. And it builds us up with the hope. And with that hope comes that patience. We know what we have to look forward to, we are patiently awaiting Him. Verse 7 And to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. See, we can be kind one to another because we know about judgment, we know about accountability, we know about rewards, and we know about eternity. We have that charity, which is a sincere concern for someone else's well-being. We don't want anyone to wind up in the lake of fire for eternity. Because that love is within us, given to us by God. And we share that love with others. Even those out there that truly don't deserve it. Because none of us truly deserve it. Verse 8. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to bear the fruits if you're tied in. Verse 9. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. And we see here in verse 9 that he gets into the condition of a backslider where he says that again, But he that lacketh these things is blind, and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, ye shall never fall. If we have that burning desire to be in the perfect will of God, if we have that desire to please Him, if we have that desire to bear these fruits, we're going to because the Lord's going to give those to us. As we use the things He gives us, He multiplies that. Verse 10, Wherefore the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure. We are all called to make sure that. It means make it productive. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. You don't want to stumble and fall and go back into your sins. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wherefore, if I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them, and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. This is Peter talking about his life and it coming to an end soon, and pointing out the Lord let him know what was going to happen to him. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. And we thank the Lord that his writings are preserved for us to be able to study so we can know the things that are available to know. As it continues, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables, when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were witnesses of his ministry. For he received from God the Father honor and glory, when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. If you re- remember the account in the Gospels, Peter was one of the apostles that was given the blessed opportunity to be with the Lord on the Mount of Transfiguration when he took on his glory in front of them. As he continues, And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Verses 20 and 21 give us an assurance of the Accuracy and dependability of the scriptures that he has preserved for us. They link together. They work together. They don't stand just one on itself. They all link together. That's where he's talking about knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation and is not just given to one individual either. So they are not independent and they are not singular. They come together in unity as one, yes, but they are not, you cannot go in and just take one prophecy and build an entire belief system on it separate from the rest. They link together and work together as the body of Christ, as he's explained to us, as he's told us. So we got to always accept the entire word of God, not just bits and pieces and then put together a whole different religion based on the misinterpretation of a few scriptures because they all come together. Alright now turn on over to Second Peter chapter 2 we'll continue right on here he continues this importance of knowledge and to know things When you know them, you're assured of them. And you can be assured of them by continuing to study, by listening to the Holy Ghost. He lets you know when you're hearing something that is right and wrong. rolls right into it here in chapter 2, "...but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction." The false teachers that are out there, the plants that are put in place by Satan, they come in, they intermingle, they stir up trouble... They create divisions, they love to find something that is curious to study, that draws people in, curiosities, and then they twist them around to create an entire false gospel, a false prophecy, they false teachers themselves. A lot of that going on, it was going on back then, it's still going on today, and it's going to continue to increase right up to the last days. We've got to be very careful. We can't just take bits and pieces and create an entire new religion, which has happened over and over. They will be held accountable. As he goes on there and says at the end of that, that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. They will be held accountable. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. They condemn the truth. There's a movement that's been increasing in the United States that is contrary to any of the writings of Paul, for instance. And they are truly amongst this group here of false prophets, false teachers that are going to have this swift destruction put upon them. As it continues and through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not and their damnation slumbereth not god's going to get them for that they are going to be held accountable as it continues for if god spared not the angels that sin but cast them down to hell And delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overflow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. And deliver just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For this righteous man, dwelling among them, and seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations, and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment, to be punished." He's given us some examples of the judgments. He's given us examples of the judgments that come upon the ungodly. And these that go up against the teachings that is found in the Word of God, the teachings that are handed down from the eyewitnesses, they're going to be held accountable. As he continues, further description of them. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government. Presumptuous are they, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Now these false teachers, these false prophets, what's their motivation? Selfishness, lustful desires, money. Because as is said there in verse 3, and through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not and their damnation slumbereth not. And then further description of these individuals, these groups, these big groups now, but chiefly them that walk after the flesh and the lust of uncleanness. As we see clearly displayed all over the world, these protests, these groups, these pride movements, this woke movement, all of this is all part of this same thing here. This selfish, lustful desires. These despise government. We clearly see that. They do not want civilization. They're anarchists. The Antifa bunch, for instance. They fall right into this. Presumptuous are they. Self-willed. They want to make up their own rules. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. They cut down and... And criticize Christians, Christian leaders. Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing really accusation against them before the Lord, but these, as natural brute beasts, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. Notice here that we give the example that the angels are not bringing a railing accusation against them before the Lord. we got to be careful as well. We do not condemn anyone, should not condemn anyone. That is only for the Lord to do. Over and over we're cautioned about that. I think Back when you go to the study about reprobates and so forth, we don't determine whether someone's reprobate. That's only for the Lord to determine. We don't condemn anyone. That's only for the Lord to do. Keep that in mind. The Lord's going to take care of it. Verse 13. And shall receive the reward of unrighteousness that comes from the Lord, not from us, as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. And that's what we're seeing. The riotous bunch on the increase and being accepted and even promoted by some. Verse 13 again. And shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that counted pleasure to riot in the daytime. Spots they are and blemishes. Sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you. Having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin. Beguiling unstable souls and heart they have exercised with covetous practices. Cursed children. Which have forsaken the right way, and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bozer, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But was rebuked for his iniquity, the dumbass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with the tempest, to whom the midst of darkness is reserved for ever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escaped from them who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. When you have someone that has been given the manifestation of the Lord, has been given the knowledge of the existence of Jesus Christ and rejected Jesus Christ is who he's talking about here. Heard the gospel, turned against the gospel, they become more evil than they were before hearing the gospel. It is, for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it is happened unto them according to the true proverb the dog is turned to his vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Alright, we're on a roll here through Peter. So let's go ahead and go on into chapter 3 here as we get some further knowledge from Peter. As it continues, This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts. Once again here, the knowledge is available to us. We can look into the word of God. We can study it. We can see the prophecies. And then we see the fulfilling of those prophecies. Read three again. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts. And saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. They start to say, well, he prophesies he's coming quickly. Why hasn't he come quickly? And they go up against the word of God. Not even knowing what the word means. For this they willingly are ignorant of. See, they don't want to know the truth. Because the truth is contrary to their behavior for this they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished one of the big things that you see the Antichrist bunch stand on is they don't believe in the worldwide judgment of the flood they don't believe in creation they don't believe in the power of God they don't believe in accountability As it continues, but the heavens and the earth which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Jesus Christ spoke everything into existence. By his word he judged this planet. By his word he will judge this planet again. By his word he holds this planet in existence and he will destroy it at the appropriate time. Nothing man can do about it. Verse 8, but beloved. Talking to the Christians, but us, beloved. Be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Jesus Christ is outside of time. He spoke time into existence. One day, a thousand years, didn't matter to him. Verse 9, the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's why He's waiting. That's why it's been so long. He's waiting for more to come to Him before it's everlasting too late. By His mercy, by His grace, by His compassion, his love for all mankind, he's still holding out for more to turn from their wicked ways. Verse 10, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Praise the Lord, we got that to look forward to new heavens and a new earth verse 14 wherefore beloved seeing that ye look for such things be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless in peace without spot and blameless how do we do that we confess our sins it's like it says over there in first john chapter 1 verse 9 if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness we do that and will be found without spot and blameless. Verse 15, An account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also according to the wisdom given unto him hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures." and unto their own destruction. We have it available. We need to study it. We need have, have that burning desire to dig in there, to have that knowledge, use that knowledge, apply that knowledge correctly. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware, lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in grace, and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. That's the key that all of this study about the word knowledge is all about. We need to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We got to have that desire to study it, to learn it, to apply it, to share it. Alright, I've got one more reference for us here in 1 John chapter 5. It reads, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and every one that loveth him that begot loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. And that's those two great commandments that we have in Matthew that the Lord emphasized, and that is to love God with all your existence and love others as yourself. We apply those two great commandments then all this all falls together. We study His Word. It's available to us. The power of the Holy Ghost is there within us. that can teach us even when mankind can't teach us. The Holy Ghost can teach us. We've got to have the will to study. we got to have the burning desire to receive the knowledge, utilize the knowledge, and share the knowledge. And when we truly trust in the Lord, when we truly come to Him and ask forgiveness and become born again, the Holy Ghost comes into us, we study His Word, we listen to His teaching, then we can apply First John chapter 5 and verse 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. We have the words. We have it recorded. We have it available. We have the Holy Ghost. There's no excuse for being ignorant. It's all there for us, it's all right there. Just study it. And there are places where people don't have access to the Word of God. They have the Holy Ghost. Trust in the Lord, He's going to teach us, even when we don't have a Bible to be able to study. When we listen to Him, we look around, we see His creation. It proclaims the existence of God. So there's no excuse for being ignorant. Don't be willingly ignorant like those over there in 2 Peter chapter 3. But continue to grow. You become a Christian, be hungry. Dig deep into the Scriptures. Don't just listen to what the preacher says and that's it. Take time to study it for yourself. Dig deep into there. Find it. Pray about it. Look around the world. Study His creation he proclaims all that we need to know to love Him and to love others. That's the key. And then there again in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank you for this study we've had to be able to look at the word knowledge, to know how important it is to dig into the scriptures, to listen to you, to apply knowledge, to have the knowledge of truth given to us, and then in turn, share that with others. We truly thank you for allowing us to be a part of your work, as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Thank you.